Nehemiah chapter 6. Now, last Sunday was Father's Day. We had the West Coast Baptist College group in. Didn't they, didn't they do a wonderful job for us? It's a blessing. Brother Hutchins did a great job preaching, but I didn't get to preach a Father's Day sermon. So today is my Father's Day sermon. And uh, this, I have been, you know, we're looking at expanding the building, doing some work, and we're trying to figure out how that's going to work. Pray for me and the, the leaders of our church as we're trying to make the decisions, what's the, be- the money-wise and land-wise and everything, what's the best decision to make? We are uh, trying to work with the city right now to figure out what we can do and all of those decisions that have to be made. So I hope that you'll pray for us with that. So in that process, I've been studying the book of Nehemiah because the book of Nehemiah is all about building. And so uh, there's some great truth in there, but I found this passage and I thought, what a, what a passage to talk to our men about today. And so let's start reading in verse 10, Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 10. The Bible says, Afterward, I came into the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabil, who was, aren't those great names? Who was shut up, look at what it says, who was shut up, and he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. And I said, now, let, let's set this up a little bit. They're building the walls of the city. They, are, they have built the temple. Now they're building the walls of Jerusalem. They had been carried away in captivity. The city had been destroyed, had fallen into disrepair. Now God has led the people back into Jerusalem, and they're rebuilding the walls. They're rebuilding the city. But you know, whenever you're going to build something for God, there are enemies to the Lord's work. Now, as we look around our culture today, is that true? And so that's what's going on. And we're going to look at what set this up. uh, And we're going to get some background. But what's going on is they have sent this, this false prophet, this hireling, to try and get Nehemiah to stop the work and to hide in the house of God. Rather than being out in the fight, to hide in the house of God. And look at Nehemiah's response. Verse 11. And I said, should such a man as I flee? Can't you just see that? Who do you, what kind of man do you think I am? Can't you just see that in his response? Should such a man as I flee? And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him but that he pronounced this prophecy against me for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I am so thankful for Grace Baptist Church and the men that you have brought here. And Lord, I am thankful that you have raised up godly men here to lead their homes, to have an influence in the community, and to take a stand for you. So, Father, today, as we look at some of these principles, Lord, I pray that they're an encouragement to us to stand, to continue what we have been doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, one of the wonderful things for me as a pastor is this is not a message of correction today. This is not that we don't have men who are doing this. These are the men that we have. And what I want to talk about today are Grace Baptist men. What kind of men do we have at Grace Baptist? So you might be a guest, you might be new to our church, and today I get to tell you what kind of men are members and leaders at Grace Baptist Church. What kind of men do we have? Young people, what kind of man does God want you to be? And this passage, several other passages in Nehemiah are going to lead us to that. What we're going to look at today is I am expressing who we are. Now, we're going to, Lord willing, next Sunday, we're going to be back looking at uh, Proverbs 31 and what, what a church is represented there in Proverbs 31, and we'll have fun with that. But today, I just wanted to kind of clear off a space and stop for a few minutes and say, who are we? Who is Grace Baptist Church? 
What do we stand for? Who are we to be in this community? And we're going to see some of those things in this text. But I, here's the question that we're going to answer. And I want you to understand that we're leading to this. Should such a man as I flee? Should such a man as I flee? Look with me at Proverbs, or at uh, the Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4. Now remember what's going on. Um, Ezra has built the temple. Nehemiah has come back to build the walls. Zerubbabel has been the governor, and now Nehemiah is the governor. And Nehemiah has, he has set such a tremendous example. He was the king's cupbearer. He could have stayed in Babylon. He could have stayed in a position of authority, in a position of respect. But he has left all of that to go back into Jerusalem and to do the Lord's work. And so the first thing that I want us to learn from Nehemiah here is that Grace Baptist men are working men. Working men. And I got to tell you, the reason that we have so many factories and our area, the reason that companies want to produce things in this area is because people in this area work hard. Amen? Work hard. And honestly, they don't have any patience for people who aren't willing to work. Isn't that true? Let me get some... What kind of men are we today? Let me get some help here. We don't really have any time for people who don't want to work. Amen. We're going to... Now, guys, I got to tell you something. I'm going to need some help today. All right, we're trying to say this is who we are. Your amen says, yes, this is who we are. Now, some of you will say, amen. And some of you will say, amen. yeah, I like that. That's better. All right. See, I'm very insecure. I need affirmation. I, I, I need help with this. So Grace Baptist men are working men. And look at this chapter. Go to Nehemiah chapter 4. Look at verse 1. But it came to pass that when Sanballat, he's a bad guy, heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him and he said, even that which they build, even a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. So do you see what you have? You have critics. Oh, really? You're, you're going to fix this. You're, so these are the Samaritans. Remember what the Samaritans were? They were the, the offspring of Jews that had corrupted themselves with the people of the land. And so here you have people that are against God, they're against God's work, against what God's going to do, and they start with mockery. Are they going to be able to do this? And here's what people say about godly men in this culture. This is what they say. Oh, you think you're going to have an influence? Oh, th you think that your stand is going to help? Let me tell you something. You do have influence, and your stand is not only going to help, it has helped, and it's helping right now. You guys are having an influence on the people around you. What a blessing that is. Now look at what it says in verse 4. Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity, and cover not their iniquity, and let their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. Now look. You have, you have people who are building, people who are doing something for God here, and there are people that are coming against them. And so notice what you have. You have critics and you have builders. Thank God that God has brought people to Grace Baptist Church who are builders. They're not critics. They're here to do something for God. And there will always be something to criticize because we're people. We're frail. We, we make mistakes. We can't always do exactly the right thing. But there are people that are here to build and to do something for God. What an exciting thing that is. It's wonderful to see God raising up people at Grace Baptist Church to accomplish that. Now look at verse 6. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. Look at, for the people had a mind to work. Now, how many of you work with people who don't have a mind to work? Has that ever happened? Man, I got to tell you, confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a, a, what, how's it, a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. Have you ever had a broken tooth? You bite down on something and you say, oh, swear word. 
right? I mean, you are so... Ugh! That's what it's like trying to rely on somebody who doesn't want to work. They're unfaithful. You know what I'm thankful about at Grace Baptist Church is we have a group of people who have a heart to work. They have a mind to work. We are not here to criticize. We're here to build. We are ready to accomplish, and we're going to do the work of God, even though there are many adversaries. They had a mind to work. Look at verse 15. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to naught, that we returned all of us to the wall, every one unto, what does it say? His work. Do you know that God has a job for you? God has a specific place and a job for you. Young people, here's the question you need to ask. What does God want me to do? He has something for me to do. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God that worketh in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. He gives you the desire and the ability to do His work. His work. Do you know what happens when you're a man of God? His work becomes your work. And you have a specific job that God has for you to do. I love that. Now, look at verse 17. They which build it on the wall and... They that, so you have, you have builders, and they that bear burdens, so people carrying things, and those that laid it, every one with one of his hands, look at, with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. So these people, not only were they having to build, they were having to build with one hand and hold a weapon in the other hand. They had to be ready to fight, look, while they worked. Now here's the deal. There are some guys, they are ready to fight at the drop of a hat, and they'll drop the hat. Right? They're ready to fight, but are they ready to work while they fight? Do you know that there's day-to-day -day stuff to be done in between battles? There's day-to-day -day stuff that has to be done between the battles. And Grace Baptist men are working men. They are wanting to do the work of the Lord every day while fighting. Do you know that we're in a warfare? The Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness and high places. That's where we are. And the Bible tells us that we can stand, not in our own might, but in His might, stand fast in the Lord. But I love it that they were fighting with one hand and holding a weapon. Can't you picture them? They're carrying mortar with one hand, and they got their sword in the other hand. They're laying a block. You say, wouldn't it have been faster if they didn't have to hold that weapon? Yes, but it wouldn't have been as safe. And we're going to talk about some of that here in a minute. How many of you can tell where we're going to go with that in just a minute? Look at verse 19. And I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, the work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall one from another. In what place, therefore, ye hear the sound of the trumpet? Resort ye thither unto us. Our God shall fight for us. So what are they saying? Look, if we're divided, if we're divided, we can't get the work done and we can't fight well. Isn't that right? Well, he's saying, when you hear this, come together. Come together and we'll fight together. Look at verse 21. So we labored in the work, and half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Likewise, at the same time said I unto the people, Let every one with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that in the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. So neither I, nor my brethren, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which followed me, None of us put off our clothes, saving that every one put them off for washing. They stayed dressed and ready to go because it was either working time or it was fighting time. And they had to be ready for one of them. You know what I love about Grace Baptist Church? Is we have working men here who are willing to fight the good fight of faith. The Bible says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Why? Because he wants to please him that's called him to be a soldier. So what are we going to do? We, now, we've got to be in the world, right? The Bible says in John chapter 17, He says, I, I take them not out of the world, but thou should keep them in the world. Protect us from the evil in the world. We're in the world. We're working in the world. We're interacting with saved and unsaved, with moral and immoral. We are in the culture, but while we're in the culture, we're doing the work 
of God and fighting the fight of faith. We're not going to lay down. We're not going to lay down. We understand that there is a fight and we're going to be in the fight. So Grace Baptist men are working men. That's number one. Number two, Grace Baptist men are separated men. Grace Baptist men are separated men. Look at chapter 6, Nehemiah 6. Look at verse 1. So here's what Satan does. The enemies of God, what they'll do is they start by mocking you. Oh, you go to church. Oh, you're a Christian, huh? You think you're better than everybody else. All that garbage that you get. They mock you. They try and bring you down. All of that stuff. And when you stand, and when that doesn't work, what they try to do is they then try to bring you into their compromise. Because when you stand, do you know what that is? That's an affront. That's an insult to the people who are compromising. Every time when you take your stand, what you're doing is you're pointing out those who don't want to stand, you're pointing out their weakness, their cowardice, their compromise. And I'll tell you, when you take that stand, what they're going to want you to do is they're going to want to bring you into their sin. And look at what happens in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies. Now do you see that word, our what? Enemies. Enemies. Heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein. So what do we see there? They finished the work. It was hard. It was hard. They did a job that, remember, they said, a fox is going to be able to knock that thing over. Right? And in six weeks, they built this wall. It was done. They had finished the work. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. You know what I like? If he had gone, he would have said, Oh, no. Come on, it's right there. It's fun. <laughs> the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. Do you know that when people try to bring you into their evil? I remember when I was in, in high school, I worked at Kinney Shoe Store in the Lockport Mall, Lockport, New York. And so after work, these people, I, no, it was in Buffalo. So Lockport's a suburb of Buffalo. So what do you think in Buffalo we would go out to, to get to eat? What do you think we would get? Wings, amen, hallelujah, shamalama, speaking tongues. I love wings. So we go out for wings, and what they did was they, they bought me, and I still remember what it was called, an ice pick. And apparently it was iced tea and maybe vodka or something. And they put it in front of me. What were they trying to do? Were they buying me a drink because they liked me so much? No, they're buying me a drink because I'm the preacher's kid. They're buying me a drink because I'm a Christian. Because I go to the Christian school. What were, they, were they trying to help me? No. They were trying to corrupt me. They put this drink in front of me. And do you know what was fun? I didn't debate in my mind whether or not I was going to drink that. I said, no, I don't drink. I don't drink. Why? Because my dad had made that decision for me. My father. He had led me. He had guided me. He had instructed me. He had told me the dangers of alcohol and what it does in your life and how it can destroy you. He would point out lives of people around us that had been destroyed by alcohol. So I wasn't tempted by it. I wasn't tempted by it at all. Now, I wish that other temptations I had been as strong. I'm not saying I was perfect as a young man. But that particular one, I was able to stand because of the teaching and the instruction and the strength of my parents. But those guys were not trying to help me. They were trying to get me to enter into their sin. They weren't trying to lift me up or come up to where my parents had raised me. They were trying to drag me down to their lifestyle. Now, here's the good news. One of the guys that was there, his name was Tim Pratt. Tim Pratt got saved. I led him to the Lord at friendly ice cream. I was staying there at, at one night after work and... I led him to the Lord, and now Tim is an assistant pastor. He's leading people in the Lord after, what was it, 1980? 1980. How long ago was 1980? 20. I know, I'm a day older than baseball. It's true. But so, how long is that? 30? 30, 30? How long? 
35, 36 years ago? I need a Geritol to finish this message. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Here's the deal. Because young people, because as a senior in high school, I was able to just say no, not because I had any particular character, but because my father had instilled in me some truth. Now there's a young man, no, he's not young anymore, serving God today because of that. What would happen if I had climbed down off of the wall? What if I had stopped the work to join them? You see, according to the Word of God, godly men are separated men. And the world is going to try and drive you, drag you into their debauchery, into their wickedness, into their sin, into their compromise. The Bible says, Come out from among them, and be ye separate, and touch not the unclean things, saith the Lord. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. Grace Baptist men, they're working men, they're separated men. But then Grace Baptist men, they're committed men, committed men. Look at verse 3. So chapter 6 and verse 3. And I sent messengers unto them, saying... Look, remember it says, but they thought to do me mischief, the end of verse 2. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing... What kind of a work? A great work. So that I cannot come down... Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come, what's it say? Down to you. Well, you think you're better than I am. No, but I think my, better, my work is better than what you want me to do. I think what God has called me to do and what God has called me to be is better than the mischief you have designed for me. And understand when they're trying to pull you down from your standards, to pull you down from your separation, to pull you down from your calling, to pull you down from your commitment, they're not trying to help you. They're trying to deceive you and stop the work of God. You know what I'm grateful for? That Grace Baptist men are committed men. You're going to stay with the work. You're going to stay with the truth. You're going to stay with the Word of God. You're going to stay with righteous and holy living. What an exciting thing that is. But look at what it says in verse 4. And they sent unto me four times after this sort. And I answered them after the same manner. See, guys, you're not going to have to say no once. You're not going to have to say no twice. Here, he had to say no four times to the same plea. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to come down. I'm not going to come down. I love what he says in verse 3. I am doing a great work. Do you know what? Now, I know this is talking about building the wall around the city of Jerusalem. It's not talking about work in the New Testament church. But I can tell you this. We're doing a great work. We are doing a great work. Leading people to Christ. Grounding them in the faith through discipleship. Building the ministry of Grace Baptist Church in this community and the surrounding communities. It is a great work. Building our families, training our children, leading people to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a great work. And this, this world, this world system is completely against it. But young people, let me tell you something. Whatever career you go into, some of you might want to be a preacher. Some of you might want to be a missionary. Some of you might want to be in full-time Christian service. Others, you're going to be full-time Christians. You're going to be a plumber. You're going to be a contractor. You're going to be a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer. Whatever it is, you're going to be a full-time Christian because you realize that what God has called you to do is a great work. It is a great work. And anything else is down from that. Let's keep it high. Let's keep the standard high and our role, realize how elevated it is. So Grace Baptist men are working men. They're separated men. They're committed men. And I love this. Number four, Grace Baptist men are not intimidated men. They're not intimidated men. You know what? When people mock what we believe, when people call us haters or bigots or all of the words that they try to use against us, we need to not be intimidated by it because we have the truth. We don't hate anybody. 
We hate sin. We love people. Our desire is to pull them out of their sin, to take them out of the miry clay and set their feet on the solid rock and give them the kind of life that God wants them to have. God created them for a purpose, to bring glory to Him. And what brings glory to Him is good for us. And when they live lives that violate God's standard, all that can do is bring harm to them. We don't hate them. We love them. And we want their lives to be the wonderful lives that God has given us because of His glory, because of His grace, because of His mercy, because of His truth. Those are the kind of men that we have at Grace Baptist Church. And we are not intimidated from our purpose. Look with me at verse 5. Then Sanballat, his servant, unto, then sent Sanballat, his servant unto me in the like manner. Now look at what it says. The fifth time with an open letter in his hand. So now they, they tried to mock them. And then they tried to be nice to him, to be their friend and to invite them to compromise. When he said no four times, the fifth time, now he's going to try to intimidate them and lie about them. And look at what the text says. Verse 6. So there was a letter in his hand. Wherein was written, it is reported among the heathen, and Gashmu saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king according to these words. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now shall it be reported to the king according to these words. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. So what they're saying is, remember, the king, Artaxerxes, is paying for all of this. The king of Babylon is paying for the rebuilding of Jerusalem because of the favor that uh, Nehemiah had. Now, let me just stop right there and say this. Grace Baptist men ought to have favor among the leaders around them because of the excellence of their work. Amen? You guys ought to be the best employees that your company has. Amen? You young people ought to be the best students that your schools have. Based on your ability. But you should be the most committed and the most faithful and the most diligent people that they know. Why? Because the Bible says do all things heartily. That's with all your heart. As unto the Lord and not unto men. Right? So that's what happened. Think of Daniel. Think of Joseph. Think of Nehemiah. How God gave them favor among the leaders, among unsaved, lost leaders. Why? Because of the excellence of their work and their faithfulness. That's the kind of man Nehemiah was. What they did was they started lying about them and saying that they were going to be insurrectionists. So you know that's coming for us. You know, because we believe homosexuality is a sin, they're going to say that we are discriminating. Um, the fire chief in Atlanta, Bible Belt, the fire chief in Atlanta, he taught a Sunday school lesson and wrote a lesson for his Sunday school class at church about homosexuality and how it's a sin. They fired him. So what are they saying? If you're a Christian, you're not allowed to be in government in Atlanta. That's what they're saying. How many recognize that's exactly where the whole country is going? Right? That's where we're headed. So they're going to tell lies about us. Now listen, it's really important. He had never discriminated against anyone. He had never refused anyone promotion or hiring because of, of their orientation. He had never done any of those things, but because he had a biblical view of that topic, he had to be fired. That's, the, that's where we're going. They're going to lie about us. And that's what they were doing to Nehemiah. And look at what it says in verse 8. Look at Nehemiah's response. Then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. What he's saying is, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What you're saying about me is true about you. And have you ever noticed that? That that's where we live today? When someone calls us a hater, it's because they hate us so badly. When someone calls us a bigot, it's because they are the most bigoted people in the world. That's exactly what the Bible is saying here. We can't be intimidated by that. 
want to talk to you about a couple of things. How many of you saw in the news about the shooting at the nightclub in Orlando? How many of you saw that? And it's very interesting. And this is... As, as pastor of Grace Baptist Church, as our representative in this community, people need to know where we stand on these issues. Because notice the result of that shooting. We're the bad guys. People are saying that it is evangelical Christians' attitudes towards gay marriage that led to the shooting. The only problem is it was a Muslim homosexual that did the shooting. What does that have to do with us? Look, before this happened, it, it was a sin. Now listen to what I'm saying. It was a sin for people to come together in a nightclub in order to meet people to go somewhere to fornicate with. How many of you recognize that's a sin? Heterosexual or homosexual? That is a sin. Fornication is a sin. We preach against sin. Why? Because it destroys people's lives. It destroys their lives. It's a sin. I'll tell you something that's amazing. James Knox, you know our friend, he comes to preach here. They have, a, a, they call it public ministry. So they gather people together and have preaching services outside. They were doing that outside that nightclub that night. The people that were in there and died walked past the preaching of the gospel to their own deaths. Think about that. Think about that. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. And those people died. So listen, before the shooting in Orlando, we preached that it was sin for people to come together in order to commit fornication. Amen? Amen. We've also preached that murder is a sin. Thou shalt not kill. How many of you recognize it's wrong to kill people? All right? Now, don't be confused. We're not talking about capital punishment. We're not talking about war. God has given the government the sword, and if it is a just war and soldiers go into battle, it is their role to kill the enemy. The Bible does not condemn that if it's a just war. Amen? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about finding people you disagree with and killing them. That is sin. We preach against that. That's wrong. Amen? We also preach against false teachers. So when people from the Westboro Baptist Church go to the funerals of those who were killed and say that God killed you, God did not kill them. A homosexual Muslim killed them. And we disagree completely with the ignorance and the biblical corruption of those who stood and insulted the families of those who were killed. But listen, we were saying those people were idiots before any of this happened. But notice what the enemies of the truth, otherwise known as the media, look at what they've done. There are two enemies, not Islam, right? Not Islam. Islam's not the enemy. Who's the enemy? Evangelical Christians who oppose gay marriage and gun owners. That's... What happened? That, that, that is the media's report. Are we going to go along with that? Not such a man as I. Not Grace Baptist men. We're going to tell the truth. Listen, listen. You know what the men in this church would have done if, if we were there? We would have stood between those people and that killer. We don't hate the people in that room. We sure hate what they do because it's immoral, it's disgusting, it's perverted, it's wicked, it's destructive, it's disease-ridden, it's filthy, it's debauched, it's horrible. Right? We don't want any of those people to die. We want them to be saved. 
We want them to have the great life that God has given us. We want them to understand the beauty of a marriage between a man and a woman before a holy God in the principles of God's Word and the blessing that comes along with that. We don't hate any of those people. We love them. We are men that would stand and fight to protect them, but we will not fly a rainbow flag to endorse their perversity. People have gotten crazy on this. Because we don't want them to die, that doesn't mean we endorse their lifestyle. Their lifestyle will kill them just like the Muslim did. People like us, we must tell the truth because people can't think anymore. Listen, before the shooting, immorality was a sin. Before the shooting, murder was a sin. Before the shooting, taking verses out of context to insult people who have died was a sin. But then look at the result of the religious leaders. Let's go to our text, and I think that we can identify some of these things. Grace Baptist men are not intimidated men. Verse 9, look at what it says. For they all... So remember what it, they, they, they were faint, they were faintest, uh, them out of their own heart. Verse 9. For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. So they were trying to weaken the hands of God's people. Now look at the answer. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. In the result of this, where somehow a Muslim kills people, somehow we who are opposed to what he did are the enemy. Do you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to weaken our hands. They're trying to weaken our resolve. They're trying to get us to fly a rainbow flag. You know what flag we're going to fly? The gospel of Jesus Christ. It has not changed. Grace Baptist men are working men. Grace Baptist men are separated men. Grace Baptist men are committed men. Grace Baptist men are not intimidated men. And Grace Baptist Church are not hiding men. We're on the front lines of the battle. What was Nehemiah refusing? What was he refusing? He was refusing a false prophet. Do you see what it says in verse uh, 12? And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Do you know there are a lot of hireling preachers out there? Do you know that there are a lot of people that are out there in the media and they're trying to represent religious groups so that they can have more money? The Bible says that, that, they, that they preach for their own bellies. Do you know what? We're not hirelings. We're not. We're not hiding. And remember what he wanted to do, verse 10. Afterward, I came unto the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabiel, who was shut up. And he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night they will come to slay thee. And I said, Should such a man as I flee, who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Do you know what the media is trying to tell you to do? It's trying to tell you to shut up. Not to express that homosexuality is perversion. Not to express that, that the welfare state destroys people. Not to express that, there's, that, that salvation is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we are narrow. Yes, we are structured. Yes, we are sure that we are right. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, But these are written to you that believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye may know that you have eternal life. We know that we're going to heaven. We know that Jesus Christ is our Savior. We know that we have the hope of eternity with God. We know that we have the truth. We're not coming down off of that wall. And the corruption of preachers 
in the media, all of these people that are standing up and trying to say, well, we've got to, we've got to tone down the message. You can't tone down the message. We have the truth. People are dying and going to hell. We're not going to come down off of that wall. We hold to the truth. We have it. We love people. They hate them. What are they doing? They're lying. They're false prophets. They're false teachers. We have the truth. We refuse false prophets. We refuse hireling preachers. And we refuse lying Christians. Keep your place here in Nehemiah. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Remember the good news. I'm not correcting anybody in here today. This is what we are. This is who we are. I'm encouraging you to stay on the wall. When someone tells you to tear down the walls, you know that's not from God. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, look at verse 13. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. You, you know what that is. You understand according to their works in the Bible? That's what happens at the great white throne judgment. Hold your place in 2 Corinthians 11. Go to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. I look at verse 11, I guess. Second, or, uh, Revelation 20, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. What's it say? According to their works, what's the, what's the result? And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and hell were delivered up, and the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Why? Because they're judged according to their works. You're either judged according to your works or according to the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Your works will send you to hell. Your works will send you to the lake of fire. His work on the cross will send you to heaven. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that so good? Back at 2 Corinthians, look at what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 15. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. That's Satan's ministers whose end shall be according to their works. Do you know what we're hearing today on television? We're hearing preachers that are going to go to hell trying to tell people about righteousness. Don't be deceived. Satan will look like a minister of light when supposed preachers of the gospel no longer stand against the immorality of our day, do you know what they're saying? They are preaching a false gospel. Let's get this clear. Go to Galatians chapter 1. You might be saying, I wasn't expecting this today. Well, I just want you to know. what kind of men we are at Grace Baptist Church. Amen? Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto, what's it say? Another gospel, which is not another. There's only one, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would, what's that word right there? What is it? Here, let's say it real loud. What is that word? Pervert. Pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have preached unto you, which we have preached unto you, let, what's it say? Let, what's the next word? Him be accursed. 
Oh, you're not supposed to talk about other preachers. What's it say here? Let him be what? Praised? No, what is he supposed to be? Accursed. Verse 9. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Do you know what pleasing men is? It's coming down off the wall. It's, it's moving down from the work that God has called us to do into something that is less, into another gospel. Let's be very clear. Let's be very clear. There are preachers that are saying that that homosexual lifestyle is okay. Let me tell you, God says it's an abomination. God says it's a reprobate mind. That's what God says. Very clearly, that's what God says. So do you know what they need? They don't need to be killed. They don't need to be hurt. They need to be loved and given the, the freeing, liberating, empowering, regenerating message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what is that? What is that? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that doeth good. There's none that seeketh after God. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the saving message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if you tell people that their behavior is fine and you put the endorsement of the gospel on perversity, then they cannot understand the slavery of their sin. And if you can't free them from the slavery of their sin, they can never understand the liberty that we have in Jesus Christ. You see, these people are perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to declare the purity and the righteousness and the saving power of Jesus Christ because we are sinners just like them. The only way any of us get eternal life is acknowledging that we deserve to go to hell. What is repentance? It's changing your mind about your sin and the Savior. So if you tell them that their sin is okay, how can they change their mind about it? Do you know what that is? That's a gospel pervert. Saying that perversion is righteousness. Look at Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. The Bible says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know what the Bible says to these preachers that are endorsing depravity? Woe unto them. Woe unto them. Do you think they're going to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant? No. Because if they're preaching a false gospel, they have trusted in a false gospel. And they're going to be judged according to their works. And what is that judgment? They're going to be cast into the lake of fire forever. They're damnable. They're accursed. You know what the Bible says, though, in Galatians 3.13? Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Jesus Christ hung on a tree for us. He took our curse. Do you know how you get that applied to your account? By believing and receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. If that gospel is perverted, they can't hear the truth. The Bible says, how can they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How can they hear without a preacher? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If the preachers are corrupting the word of God, corrupting the truth of the message then they can't hear the truth. Do you know what Grace Baptist Church men do? They go outside the house of God and speak the truth. You know, it's easy to say amen in here, right? 
But we're not the kind of men that hide in here and whisper the truth. We're the kind of men that go out into the culture and we stand for the truth and we represent the righteousness of God. We represent the holiness of God. We speak the message of God, but we speak the truth in love. We're not mocking people. We're not abusing people. We're helping them. We're lifting them up through the grace and power of Jesus Christ because we have the greatest message in the world. It's the message that our Redeemer came into the world. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for me and for you. He was buried. He rose from the dead the third day, proving that He was, is, and always will be God. And if you believe that and trust Him, He will save you and give you a life that's so much better than you could ever have from any other message. That's Grace Baptist, men. That's who we are. Go back to Nehemiah chapter 6. Verse 11. And I said, Should such a man as I flee? And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. So here's the question for you. Ask yourself that question. Should such a man as I flee? Here's your answer. I will not go in. I'm not going to come down off the wall. I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to stand for the truth in the culture. Now listen, we don't go out in the world as angry men. We go out in the world as men that Jesus Christ has saved by His grace. And we preach the love and the forgiveness and the truth that comes from Jesus Christ. Amen? when the world wants us to compromise, when we come up against false teachers, I will not come down. I will not hide in the church. I will speak the truth out in the culture regardless of the results. And like Esther said, and if I perish, I perish. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that you've allowed me to minister among men like this.